Hello and welcome back to Serena de Chaos. This is Jessica. This podcast is created to spread awareness and it represents the opinions of a licensed master social worker, myself, and my wonderful daughter, Elizabeth. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional if you have any medical questions. Today we have a special guest with us. We have my niece, Caitlin Hoke, and we invited her over because uh, this week's subject is really important and dear to us. We are going to be talking about bullying. We chose this topic because... A little over two weeks ago, there was a tragic incident in the city of Elkhart, where we live, um, where a little girl, um, 12-year-old Rio Alred, uh, committed suicide due to bullying. And we took a week off just to kind of comp- uh, contemplate what we were going to talk about. We want to be really sensitive to the family and also bring awareness to this topic that gravely affects mental health. This topic is important because it is so common, like, in schools, no matter how many times, like, you talk to the kids about it, like, it's still going to happen. Right. So we were talking a little bit before recording about how the kids do get talked about bullying in schools. I mean, they do get presentations. Caitlin was sharing how they do get a presentation, but not really everybody pays attention. And I think that's for multiple reasons. One, the subject can be boring if you don't make it entertaining. And two, it's coming from adults. At times when they try to make it entertaining, it ends up just coming off as cringy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For parents, cringy means like, ew. Yeah. (laughs) I have to define her term. It's gross. So there is, you know, some hesitation from the kids to actually learn the topic. So I think it's important that it comes from youth, like Caitlin and like Elizabeth, so that they could share their experiences in school, times where they were bullied. I know that I had an experience with me personally, and then when Ellie was in second grade, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we want to bring the facts to you. So, Caitlin, how frequent or how common is bullying in schools? Well, it's one in five in high school, and that's 8.2 million every year, which is really high. And so we really should do something about bullying. Yeah, and that's specific to high school. I believe in ages 12 to 18, that number is 22%, um, which is a lot. It is a very big number. And then it said that in 2019, Center for Disease Control and Prevention indicated that nationwide, about 19.5 students in grades 9 to 12 report being bullied on school property, at least in the last 12 months. Yeah, but that's, like, only the ones who report it. There's probably way more numbers. Like, right. People. You're correct. So it is way underreported. So obviously these numbers are skewed. These are only, um, you know, self-reported. So only the brave few who actually spoke up and talked about being bullied. But I know us three here, we've been bullied yes, in the past. I did um, a lot. Yeah, so... I'll kind of open up with my stories about being bullied, and then, Ellie, do you mind if I share the second grade story? I barely remember the second grade story, so <laughs> okay. go ahead. All right. So, for me, I am actually an immigrant to the United States, so I came when I was seven years old, almost eight, and so, obviously, I entered a new school with knowing little to no English, um, and I was an outsider, right? So I was foreign. I didn't speak the language. Um, and then I had very unique taste. I came from extreme poverty. 
So when I came to the United States and I was able to afford getting new clothes, I was buying whatever I could. Like, I didn't have a style. I just wanted new things because I never... got one thing because you wanted it. Yeah, because we could finally, you know. So I was bullied a lot for that. Um, And not to blame my classmates or anything like that, but I actually uh, really quickly went to a city that was prominently white. So I was the only Latina student in the classroom, and I had to learn English really quick. So there was a lot of comments made, a lot of like making fun of me. Luckily, I only understood half of it. Yeah. <laughs> someone could have been backhanded. Yeah, but you know what really <laughs> saved me and what really helped me was that there was really good classmates there too, right? So let's say that 10 of them were bullying me. If the one person that stood up for me or would like try to explain things to me, like they made it all worthwhile better. and better, yeah. right? Um, so that's a little bit about my childhood. It definitely got better. Um, and I got better at also just ignoring it. And I have like this weird self-confidence. I have way too much self-confidence. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think it came from just being persistent and resilient with my bullies. Um, but you know, it taught me good things as well. So I can't complain. Um, the story that I have with Ellie, though, that one was one that um, really hurt me. So this, she was in second grade. She was in a private school, which I won't name. But it was also prominently white. I mean, private schools um, are prominently white. Um, and she, I got a call from the principal where she said, hey, can you come in? We really need to talk. Ellie made a threat against another student. And, you know, Ellie is super sweet. Like, she would never threaten anybody for no reason. So I said, what do you mean? What did she say? And apparently her words were, I'll cut you to another student. Um, But they just asked me to go pick her up. I did that. Um, The next day I was invited in for, like, a conference um, and then it was then that I found out that she had threatened a little girl, I'll cut you, after the little girl had told her, <clears throat> sorry, that she her smile was ugly because she was brown. And the parents were there, I was there, and the principal was asking me to apologize to that student's parents. And I could not bring myself to do it because... That little beautiful girl did not learn that just out of nowhere, right? She heard those comments that were made. So instead, I stood up for my daughter and I said, well, is she going to apologize for making that blatant racist comment? Like, she learned that somewhere. And I looked at the parents and they were very apologetic. Um, Long story short, nothing happened to Elizabeth. There was no suspension or anything like that because it became very apparent that she just had this reaction to this bully. And it was very unfortunate that in second grade, so how old were you? Like eight, eight, seven. Yeah. That kids are just cruel, but you know, I hate to say it. They do pick it up from home. You know, like we really, as parents need to be self-aware about the things that we are saying around our kids because they're sponges and they they are picking it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Ellie, do you want to share some of your stories? Um, no. No? Okay. (laughs) Um, Caitlin, do you want to share some of your stories? Yes. 
Um, I have a story of one of my best friends, her sister. She was getting bullied. Her sister was like, I think, 15 or 16 at the time. And her school was really big on um, bullying. And there wasn't anything they could really do if they didn't have proof because the cameras didn't work as well because they it was an older school. And so I want to say like two or three weeks after um, she had her sister had gotten into, I think, seven or eighth grade, she had committed suicide because she was getting really badly bullied because um, they were mixed. Okay. And what happened to her? She was being bullied for her skin color, and she hadn't told her parents because she was a really shy person. Her and her sister both um, were very shy people, and so she didn't really open up very much. And so later when she had committed suicide, it was very shocking to her parents because they didn't know why. Yeah, so unfortunately, you know, we do see a lot of ties uh, with bullying and mental health, uh, which is why we're talking about it in this podcast. You know, we are here to raise awareness, break stigmas on all things mental health. So let's start first by defining what bullying is. Um, bullying is like unwanted aggressive behavior among school-aged children, so like 5 to 18 or 22. It involves real perceived power imbalance. Like the bullies think they're higher above their victims because the person is like weak or something like that. The, their behavior is repeated or has the potential to. So, like, it can, like, keep going and going and going until all of a, until, like, it's either caught or just it just doesn't stop. And p- both kids who are bullied and who bully others may have serious lasting problems. Like, well, people who are bullied can have, like, depression, anxiety, and, like, a bunch of other mental health, like, disorders. In order to be considered bullying, the aggressor has to be aggressive, which... I don't know, because it can also be, like, backhanded. Yeah, so it could be verbal. So there's four types of bullying. Caitlin, can you share what those are? Verbal, social, physical, and cyber. Yeah, so the first one is verbal bullying. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some examples of that? Verbal bullying can be teasing, name-calling, inappropriate sexual comments, taunting, or threatening to cause harm. Right, so, hey... You're ugly, right? Like, oh, you're not smart, or shut up, you're annoying. Like, that's verbal bullying, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, then you mentioned social bullying. Can you give some examples of that? Being purposefully excluded, telling others not to be friends with someone, spreading rumors, and embarrassing someone in public. Right, so social bullying really impacts uh, how we perceive others. Mm -hmm. So we leave them out, we don't pick them in gym, you know, that's kind of like social bullying. Like leave them out of like their circle or like anything. Like a friend group, we have a friend group at school and uh, we pick, like there's the leader of the group, they pick who joins and who leaves. And so there's then two kids that she will not let them enter and they really want to. Have that also be seen as like a power imbalance because like, I feel like a like, grand group should be like everyone's equal to each other. Like right. everyone sees everyone else as equals. Right. So I mean, we could see or recognize some bullying, mm-hmm. right, right there. Okay. The other one is a little easier to understand the physical bullying, but could you give us some examples of that? 
Hitting, kicking, punching, spitting, tripping or pushing, taking or breaking someone's things. Right, so that's more of the physical, that's a more obvious bullying, right? Mm-hmm. And I can also also sort of social, like, tie into social, because, like, it can be, like, a whole group of people, like, right. Yeah, doing that to, correct. And then the last one, and the reason why we want to add this one is because, obviously, kids nowadays, they all have access to technology. So there'd be iPad, phone, laptop, school devices, mm-hmm. like, there's so much more access, right? Mm-hmm. So cyberbullying has become a huge problem. Let's talk about that. Tell me what cyberbullying looks like. Cyberbullying is taking place using technology Includes cell phones, computers, and tablets. Using social social media sites, text messages, and websites. Yeah, and you know what I read the other day? I read a little uh, fact, and this came up on my Snapchat, so I took a screenshot of it. But it says, scrolling makes teens suicidal. Surfing three hours a day makes you 26% likelier to think about dying. Isn't that sad? That... I mean, you guys don't see it, right? You guys love your phones. Yeah. Yeah? How would you feel if I'm like, give me your phone, Caitlin? I'll literally start crying. Your phone is like where your whole life is, where it resides. Unfortunately, that's what the perception is for youth, right? Like, that's where you have your connection to your friends. And, um, I mean... I'm not going to lie, I'm on my phone a lot too, right? But I'm on it for different reasons. Like, I'm on it for cooking recipes or just following my kids, uh, you know, like their children's stories because I love to see my kids thriving. All my kids thriving. I call them my kids, but, you know, my friends' kids. Um, But you guys use it to play games on there with strangers sometimes, to go on YouTube pages that you shouldn't be. Uh, be on social media that you're not supposed to be in, right? Like I don't have any social media other than YouTube. Okay, perfect. That's literally, that's good. You're a good kid, Caitlin. <laughs> but I know Ellie has been banned from several um, social media pages. But I know I'm not. I'm not ignorant. Like I know that she still uses them, unfortunately. And there's only so much that I can do, right? As a parent, mm-hmm. and I think that for me. Um, it helps that I'm, you know, clinically trained to recognize when she's feeling down. And because of the history that we have, like, I can tell when she's having a hard time. But she didn't bring up any of her bullying stories, and I'm going to respect that. I do want to say that there has been times, though, when she's crying because of her phone. Because of something that was sent to her or texted to her. And um, most of those times, I take the phone away for the rest of the evening. And I'm like, you know what, Ellie? We can't let this impact you, right? Um, and then we have deep conversations. But, I mean, she, we're all, our phones, unfortunately, can be used by uh, as weapons to hurt others, right? And, unfortunately, there are a lot of internet trolls who literally live to just make people feel negative or to have something to argue about um and so of course if you post a beautiful selfie and somebody goes up there and says like oh what's wrong with you or like you know whatever comment they want to make about how ugly you are or how you're too skinny or too fat or whatever like that has enough power to impact you negatively and impact your mental health like whatever a stranger says like actively impacts you but like, they don't know you. Yeah. Because right? there's, like, the really famous saying, never judge a book by a cover. You know, that goes with people, too. Because, um, 
like if you're judging how they look on the outside, you don't know their personality or how they would act towards you. Like you're judging them off their appearance. Right. Yeah, and so we know not to do that, but bullies, they thrive on making people feel bad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So here's a fact about bullying. Bullying affects all youth, including those who are bullied, those who bully others, and those who witness bullying. And in fact, the effects of bullying may continue into adulthood. So it definitely, like I said before, affects how we parent, how we treat others, how we perceive others' reactions to us, to our children, because we are predisposed to, you know, think of our history and just kind of um, have instinctual uh, reactions, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, Another fact is there's not a single profile of a young person involved in bullying. So youth who bully can be either well-connected socially or be marginalized, and they may be bullied by others as well. Similarly, those who are bullied sometimes bully others. And that's just, again, that power imbalance. They want to prove to themselves that they are not the weakest link, right? They want to prove to themselves that they're, like, the best. Right. So let's think about all the superhero movies that we've seen, right? Who normally ends up being, like, the villain? The, like, bad best friend. The, the like, broken person. The person that gets bullied, right? How many times have you not seen a, a story where, like, the person is getting bullied and then you're like, oh, they're going to be a big villain? Was Joker bullied? Yeah, of course. He had a lot of mental health disorders. He was bullied in school, right? Okay. So, I mean... I'm not saying that every kid that gets bullied is going to be a villain, but that's the perceived notion in, like, just media, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, solutions to bullying are not simple. Bullying prevention approaches that show the most promises confront the problem from many angles. They involve the entire school community, students, families, administrators, teachers, and staff, such as bus driver, nurses, cafeteria, and the front office staff, in creating a culture of respect and just safety all around. And then zero tolerance and expulsion are not effective approaches. So why? Why is that? Because they try to get more sneaky with it. Right. They become either more sneaky with it or they're just, they believe that now they're the victim. Right? So then they have that power imbalance thing again, and they just want to come back harder. Right? So it doesn't work. Um, I have another fact here that says that bystanders or those who see the bullying can make a huge difference when they intervene on behalf of someone that's being bullied. Yeah. Like, they can report it or, like, do something. Right. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Right? Like, when you're seeing bullying, it's not easy to go, hey, that's not right. Because then you might be the victim of bullying. Mm -hmm. But it will always cause a positive impact on the person that is being bullied. Right? And I think that sometimes bullies know who the weak links are. And I say that with quotes in the air. Um, They know the people that aren't going to speak up or say anything. And that's who they tend to target. Right? At times they're like victims can reflect on them like when they were being bullied. Right. So, I mean, sometimes, I mean, not not sometimes, all the time, if you're seeing bullying, speak up, you know? Uh, You don't necessarily have to get involved in the middle and say, like, hey, stop bullying that person. But you could always go to an adult and say, hey, I saw Tony bullying little... Uh, 
whatever. Little Billy. Name. Little oh, Billy. Yeah, there you go. We're not good with coming up with names. Right. Um, and that's how you cause impact, right? Um, here's another uh, fact. Studies shown that adults can help prevent bullying by talking to their children about bullying, encouraging them to do what they love, modeling kindness and respect, and always encouraging them to seek help. And letting them know that they won't be seen as weak or anything like that if they go to others for help. I mean, as adults, we still do that. Because, unfortunately, bullies don't go away once you're out of school, right? Bullies exist also in the workforce. They could be your bosses, your co-workers. I mean, there's a lot of bullies out there. And... We seek help, right? So if there's a situation of a coworker, I might go to my boss and say, like, hey, this person I really am having some conflict. Wait. Can you help us resolve this? There's some tension in the office. You know, whatever yeah. the situation is. But even adults go Struggle. and ask for help. But, right. And it's important to let our kids know that because we can't lie to them and say, you know, once you get out of school, it'll all be better. Because that's you not never true. Know. Right. Because the office is practically like school, too, because there could still be bullies and people who are going to be rude. Yeah. And so let's talk about how common is it? We already talked about some stats. We said one in five. We said about 20 percent of youth ages 12 to 18. But how common is it in your schools? Like, how often do you guys see it? In my school, I'm lucky enough that I don't normally see it like the kids who are considered like weird with air quotes are normally like just not like touched or just like everyone leaves them alone like no one actually takes time out of their day to make someone but could that be social bullying too and excluding them a little bit i guess yeah yeah, right yeah and leaves them out of the group if they're so that's what we have to be cautious about, right? Like, yeah, so we want to respect people's spaces and, like, their their likes and dislikes, right? Yeah. But always giving them the opportunity to be like, hey, we're going to do this. You want to come with, you yeah. know? And normally, like, everyone tries to give them a chance, you know? But then, like, everyone's just like, I don't know. People are just like, sometimes that we're time's rude. Yeah, and so what can we do then? Remember, one positive person can make a huge impact, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could always say, like, hey, we're going to go do this if you want to. They don't want to? Awesome. But at least you made the attempt to include you made, them. You made an effort. Yeah, and I think that that's what people appreciate, right? I mean, I talked about my bullying story, and like I said, it was that one person that reached out, that tried to communicate with me, that would stand up for me. Like, that person made an impact, right? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about bullying in the schools, okay? Um, so nationwide, 19% of students in grades 9 to 12 report being bullied on school property in at least the last 12 months. Um, the following percentage of students experience bullying in different places at school, but here's some, like, breaking down stats. The hallways, 43%. Classroom, 42%. Cafeteria, 26%. Outside school grounds, 21%. Online or on te- or via text, 15%. Bathroom or locker room, 12%. And somewhere else in the school building, 2%. So 
So one thing that is particularly surprising to me as an uh, ex-social worker who used to work at five schools yeah. is the boldness of some bullies. And you saw that in the classroom, it's 42%. Yeah. Like, they're doing it in the front of, like, teachers yes. and administrators. And some, teacher, and some teachers don't do anything. Yeah, and I think it's just because we just, like, grow to expect this, like, there's always going to be one bully, right? Mm-hmm. But we really need to be putting her foot down, having restorative circles with that bully, like, finding out what's happening. Because, like we said before... They're normally bullied or somewhere in their life. Exactly. So whether that be in their home life or whatever, something is happening that is causing them to want to feel power in the school setting. Yeah, right. Because they could be a younger sibling and their older sibling could be doing it to them and they think, oh, my older sibling's doing it and they don't get in trouble Maybe I won't get in trouble because that's what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, all of this is unfortunate. Um, there are things that we can do in the schools. But, Ellie, why why are we talking about it in this mental health podcast? Let's talk about that. Um, it's because it can also lead to depression, anxiety, and aggressive behaviors, either to themselves or against others, low self-esteem, and they be, might, and as someone who used to be, like, bubbly or, like, big and, like, Really loud. Happy. They may have become shy or reserved, like hidden from themselves. In in extreme cases, it can lead to self harm or harm others, or it can also lead to suicidal ideation. Right, like we shared at the very beginning, uh, you know, uh, Rio, this beautiful, beautiful twelve year old, suffered from alopecia, um, so she lost her hair. And she was bullied, and kids would pull her wigs off, um, and she just couldn't take it anymore. And I've seen interviews with mom, and mom says the school really didn't do much, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, unfortunately, this angel lost her life um, because she saw no other escape. And it's very sad that she felt like that was her only solution, there was nothing the parents did either. Exactly. Like, no, absolutely not. You're right, Elizabeth. Like, nothing the parents could have done. But, you know, in the schools, there there are systems in place. And, there, you know, somebody who's worked in five different schools, elementary and middle schools, um, there are very specific processes for bullying behaviors. And in South Bend Empowerment Zone, my previous employer, we have restorative circles where we invite we invite the bully and the victim to just talk it out. And I would say nine out of ten times, it was a miscommunication or it was something Something else else. was happening with the bully. Or something was heard from someone else. Yeah, exactly. Rumors. Rumors in the schools. No, those don't happen. Yeah, they do. Are you sure about <laughs> I'm that? I'm just being, I'm just being sarcastic. Right, now, else. right. So actually, it says here. I'm looking at this right now. It says students ages 12 to 18 experience various types of bullying that include being subject to rumors or lies, and that's the number one reason. And it was at 14. percent So yeah. I obviously a lot of miscommunication. So what can be done to yeah. help our students? And at times, it's like the kids don't actually ask the person and like actually get the full story. Yeah. No. No, they believe what they heard. Exactly. Right. So the question was, what can we do to help? Communication. Yeah. Right? Don't be afraid as a parent to go into the school and ask, like, what is being done? Because we can't just take that for granted, right? Like, I say, I went to Elizabeth's school um, that time. I definitely changed the situation around where they kind of, they saw the other side and they apologized. Um 
Unfortunately, that's not the experience for every parent, but I say be persistent. I say be loud. Get louder if you need to. Don't be afraid when you're advocating for your child uh, to be loud. Now, that that does not mean be aggressive because that's not going to work well. Don't show physical harm. Exactly. You're role modeling for your children too, right? So if you're... Um, your child is telling you they're being bullied and then you go and bully staff at school. Like, it's not like going to send a good message. Yeah. Right? Because if it's a younger kid, they could reflect off onto your actions because they're like, oh, my mom or dad just did that. That's normal. That, right. Right. So um, let's talk about – so we talked about what they can do. Communicate. Go to your school. Be your child's advocate. Always encourage communication from your kid to check in with them because sometimes we forget to do that. We get caught up in all our day-to-day responsibilities to say, hey, how was school? And then if you notice there, oh, it was okay. Like, obviously, there's something happened. Like, well, tell me what happened, right? But if they're like, oh, it was fine, then, you know, you can continue on to your responsibilities, right? Uh, But because of the uh, story with Rio, I do want to just bring up some facts about suicide. So... The relationship between bullying and suicide is very complex, okay? The media should avoid oversimplifying these issues and insinuating or directly stating that bully can cause suicide because the facts often tell a different story. It's not accurate and potentially dangerous to present bullying as the cause or reason for suicide or to suggest that suicide is a natural response to bullying. Now, this is from the national website of bullying, stopbullying.gov. Um, and then it says research indicates that persistent bullying can lead to worsened feelings of isolation, rejection, exclusion, despair, as well as depression, anxiety, which can contribute to suicidal ideation and suicidal behavior. The vast majority of young people who are bullied do not become suicidal. And luckily, right? Because if we all became suicidal, there would be a lot less people on this earth, right? For those who uh, were bullied. Um, And then most young people who die by suicide have multiple risk factors. And for more information on the relationship between bullying and suicide, if you want to go ahead and go and read something, you can look up an article that's called The Relationship Between Bullying and Suicide, What We Know and What It Means for Schools, and it's from the CDC, so you can find it on their page. Um, There are laws in Indiana that protect our kids as well from bullying, so there is a lot that we can do. We just need to take the proper steps to do it, right? You could email your fellow senators, like not email. Try to like get yeah. them the law, yeah, towards it. Yeah, so laws already exist, which is good. Yes. We just need to be informed, yes. right? So if your child is experiencing bullying or anything like that, get informed. Find out the processes that are at your school because, like I said, there are very specific processes for bullying. Every school is different. Yep. Advocate for your child. Don't be afraid to go and chaperone some field trips and really get the feel for what your uh, student is going through and who their classmates are. Um, Because, like I said, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that conflict is just poor communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Do you guys have anything else to add before we wrap up this episode? Nope. All right. I want to thank our special guest, Caitlin. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing stories. I know that uh, you've personally been a victim as well, and you know of a lot of other people who have been victims of bullying. Um, Ellie, thank you so much for 
sharing information about this important, important subject. And we look forward to seeing you all next week where we would jump into trauma. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Sanity Lighting Chaos. Please like, follow, and share our social media pages that can be found on Facebook and Instagram with handle at Sanity Lighting Chaos.